Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word GRADE to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun. And everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn-to-read program that kids love to use. Text GRADE to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text GRADE to 323232 right now and get started for just $1. Text GRADE to 323232 now. Text GRADE to 323232. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Hi, curious minds out there in our ever-expanding radio land. Welcome to CC with BB, connecting with coincidence with Dr. Bernie Biteman, MD. That's me. This is the only radio show in the world dedicated to the study of coincidences, synchronicity, and serendipity. We are coming to you through the X-Zone Broadcast Network, located in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and broadcasting all over the world. What is the relationship between mind and brain? Does brain produce consciousness, or does the greater consciousness produce the brain? How do mind and brain interact with each other? I am a psychiatrist. I study this question in my office. I help people with both medications and psychotherapy. I work in both mind and brain. You need your mind to recognize a coincidence and your brain to talk about it. Coincidences sometimes point us to previously unrecognized causal connections. They teach us about hidden potentials within us, like telepathy and human GPS, our ability to get places we need to go without knowing how we got there. They tell us about other intelligences that may be influencing our lives. And sometimes they trick us. The phrase connecting with coincidence is my coincidence brand. It is the name of my book, my Psychology Today blog, my website, and my social media sites. Be sure to visit my YouTube channel, too. To find any and all of these, please put Connecting with Coincidence in your search engine. Would you like to know how sensitive you are to coincidences? Take the Weird Coincidence survey on my website. Coincidences can be categorized in many ways. Our guest today, Robert Perry, will tell us about one such category. I am developing a set of categories which I call coincidence process categories. I will go over that list 
now and develop it in more detail in future broadcasts. One process is intuition. Intuition leads the way. Subconscious decision-making yields the desired results. For example, a man sees a woman in the, in the airport. He doesn't know her. She's passing by on the other side of the aisle. Something strikes him about her. He goes over to her and asks, are you married? She's startled, but she says yes. They start talking, and soon they are together, and soon they are married. What made this man know that he should ask her? I didn't believe it before, but my own experiences and the experiences of others tell me that there is such a thing as love at first sight, but you must act on it. Another coincidence category is help somehow arrives. A Reverend Carl, for example, had a heart attack in an elevator in a hospital. The elevator stopped on the cardiac intensive care unit. Standing there at the elevator was a cardiologist who immediately knew what to do. Amazingly, help arrived just in time and he recovered from a severe attack because he could be taken directly to the CCU. Another process is context mirrors psychological conflicts. The environment symbolically reflects back the contents of an inner struggle. For example, a patient of mine was considering divorce, much difficulty with his wife. And as he was really determined to think about it and decide, he was wandering around in his shopping mall and ran into and saw five different friends of his and acquaintances, all who have been divorced, five men who have been divorced. And he knew enough about each one of them that their lives were not happy. He decided at that time, I'll get the message and work with my wife. And he has, and they're still together, and it's working pretty well. Another is actively imagining a desired future and having it happen. It's one of my favorites, and people do it, and how they make it happen is a very good question. In high school, I used to imagine hitting the first pitch of a baseball game for a home run. And there it was in a playoff game with the, an American Legion uh, in the state of Delaware, north against the south, and I was the first batter at the bottom of the first, and that first pitch came right over the plate, and I slammed it over the center fielder's head and turned the bases for a home run. I'd imagined that for years, and there it was happening. There are many more of these kinds of processes, like machines stop and start and teach us, and the weird lost and found department, and animals and plants comfort and highlight our lives. But now we come to the end of this segment, and we, have, we will have the great opportunity in the next segment to be able to talk with Robert Perry. Robert Perry is the author of Signs, a superb, and he's a superb teacher in the Course of Miracles who has developed his own category of meaningful coincidences. He knows how to spot the CMPEs, which he calls conjunctions of meaningful, meaningful parallel events, and they're very precise forms of coincidence. I haven't talked with Robert about this for quite a while, and I will catch up with him during our next segment after a short break.
This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back to CC with BB. Our guest today is Robert Perry developer of a coincidence category called CMPE, but he is also the author or co-author of over 20 books and booklets and is the editor of a recently released complete annotated edition of A Course in Miracles. He is one of the world's experts in A Course of Miracles. Robert, pleasure to have you back and to be talking with you again. Oh, yeah, it's great. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Um, what's been happening with uh, with your book and CMPE since uh, its publication in, I think, 2009? Yeah, well, what I did after the book came out was I started a blog, which I maintained for several years, uh, but which I've let lapse recently. Um, and uh, most importantly, we did a pilot study to basically confirm if, if we could detect examples of what I'm calling CMPEs in the lives of, of subjects that took part in the study. And what, the study was people contributing uh, stories to the blog? No, basically, uh, we, we had 17 subjects that uh, we, you know, got from inviting people in coincidence forums and things like that. And uh, their duty, after being taught how to recognize a CMPE was to write me by email with any possible examples. And any examples that were promising, I would follow up on and talk with them on the phone, exchange a ton of emails, and we'd flesh out what, what exactly happened. I'd run it through the, the scale that I developed. Um, and at the end, the, the goal was to, to find basically verified examples of CMPEs, and we found in a four-month period, we found 16 examples, which I thought was was great. That's great. Uh, why don't you tell our, our audience um, why you needed to develop the CMPE idea, and then what is it? Yeah, well, what happened was it, 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 it was something that became clear to me over 
actually a few decades. Uh, when I was in my teens, I started noticing some striking coincidences. And over the years, what I realized was that there was a particular structure to at least some of these coincidences. And I started writing them down. Uh, I ended up writing hundreds of them down. And very, very slowly, this model began to coalesce out of all these different examples. And the, uh, let me yeah. interrupt for, ju for just a second. As you're talking, um, I want to mention what I am discovering is that it appears that different individuals experience different kinds of coincidence categories. And you are making that clear as the third one that is clear in my mind. I, I tend to find ones that are this um, human GPS, um, this ability to get places uh, that you need to go without knowing how you got there, kind of being in the right place at the right time ideas. Gary Schwartz does serial coincidences out the wazoo. He does them all the time. That's what he sees. And you are beginning to say, and I think it's true, that from your perspective and your place in your life, you see what you've come to call CMPEs. That's true. However, it's clear to me that they do extend well beyond my life, which is important to me. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm not, I mean, just as Gary's do and, and mine do, you are a receiver and a categorizer of a particular kind of coincidence, but it's not like it's, you're the only one. Yeah, right. I see what you mean. Yeah, good point. Yeah. So the, the basic phenomenon goes like this. You need at least two events that happen independently of each other, in, in normal terms, independently, and happen within, at the very outside, 12 hours of each other. You're, they're usually much closer together. Um, about half or so are within 30 minutes of each other. And these two events need to be strikingly similar, such that you can actually list a number of features they have in common, which I call parallels. Uh, a, a genuine CMPE will have, on average, about eight parallels, which are, again, the, the features that both of the events just happen to have in common. And those parallels are not kind of scattered parallels. They come together, generally, to form a coherent story. And what I found was that these, these events will be, at least one of them will contain something <clears throat> that is of relevance in your life, some issue you're struggling with, have questions about, there's been a new development in, um, you've just made a decision about. And, and the basic model is that that CMPE, through the parallels and through something else, which I won't go into, they frame that situation of relevance in a certain way, and by framing it in a certain way, they comment on it, they say something about it, generally by, by speaking to the thing that you're really concerned about, that thing that's really most up for you in that situation. Uh, let, me, let me repeat some of that, uh, and the key character, and some of the key characteristics. Uh, one is that, that, that there are two events that occur within 12 hours. Now, that's a short time frame compared to the many coincidences that I study and hear about. And that's very restrictive, and that's what you see, and that's what you're describing. That's what I think is so great about it. You're very precise. 12 hours, and the two events have 
many similarities in common, the parallels as you as you describe them. Mm -hmm. And they're like parables. The one of them is like a parable for another. It's a, descri a description and a commentary on the current difficulty the person is experiencing. Yeah, it's not always a difficulty, but it's something relevant. But overall, that was that was really well said. Yeah, thank you for that. You're welcome. You're welcome. Not, you're welcome. Uh, the idea of para, a parable is something that you'd written about before, and I, I like to invoke that every once in a while too. Uh, that a coincidence can be a commentary on what's going on now, and that's what you're saying too. So you're welcome. Right. And okay, that's 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 nice and clear. I know there's a, there's several more elements to to it, but I like that you've condensed it to this kind of three quarters clarity of what <laughs> yeah. uh, what you're doing. Because uh, the list had gotten pretty long now, and I'm glad to be able to put it together this way. So you let, why don't you why don't you then um, give us one of your best examples of a CMPA C, CMPE. Yeah, I'll give you a really simple one uh, because they can get pretty long and involved. Yes. Uh, involved, you know, some of them can have, you know, 20 or 30 parallels and it just is too much to tell right now. I'll give you a really simple one. Uh, a little while ago, my wife and our two children, we were visiting a, a place in England where I live right now called Monkey World. And we sat down for lunch and our daughter, Miranda, who's, who's 11, she was talking about how she was doing better eating healthy foods. She, you know, she loves like sweet foods. And uh, I was saying, yeah, you are doing better, but you really need to eat more vegetables. And she pointed out, well, look, I just, you know, look at the drink I chose for my lunch. And she'd chosen an all fruit smoothie. And she said, hey, it's no sugar added. And well, I came back and said, you know, the fruit is already sugary. You don't need to add sugar to fruit. And I said a lot of what I just incidentally mentioned that a lot of what we call vegetables are actually fruit that just has a lower sugar content. So we think of them as vegetables, but they're they're technically or botanically they're fruit. And I mentioned cucumbers being an example. So that was event one, that whole conversation around her eating habits, you know, fruit, sugar, vegetables, that whole thing. So right after that, just literally a few minutes later, we went a, a short ways away where they were having a, a talk at the chimpanzee enclosure. And the keeper was talking about their diet. And she said they really like fruit because of the high sugar content, but they don't like vegetables, she said. So they'll only eat vegetables if they've got nothing better to eat. And as a result, what the, what the keepers do is they have to mix up the times when they feed the chimps fruit because if they know that fruit is coming soon, they'll leave the vegetables lying there on the ground uneaten. And she said the keepers do use fruit um, to entice them to get up in the morning. And she also said that fruit these days, kind of incidentally, has been genetically modified to have a higher sugar, sugar content so that we, we find it more appealing, but that high sugar content is actually not good for the chimps. So that was event two. Okay, and so while this was going on, my wife was looking over at me, mouthing like, hey, isn't this a CMPE? Um, and what we do at that point is we first we make sure that the events are independent of each other. And we had no idea what was going to be the content of the of the keeper talk at the at the chimp enclosure. We had no idea they'd be talking about their, their diet 
for instance. So they were independent. Um, we look at the proximity, how close together the events were, and these were very, very close, just a few minutes away. And in fact, with most CMPEs, I think about 55% or so, the events are within 30 minutes, and most of the rest, the events are within five hours. So, so there's hardly any CMPEs past the five-hour mark, actually. Um, and then after looking at the events, the independence, the proximity, we look at the parallels. And we spend, we spend a good deal of time drawing a very careful list of parallels. And so here's the list that I drew. Number one, and again, the parallels are, are true of both events. So I have to word them in a way where the wording applies to both events. Okay, so number one, there's a talk about a situation in which parent figures, obviously parents or keepers, have to manage the diet of at least one child figure, Miranda or the chimpanzees. Number two, the child prefers foods that are not necessarily good for them, and it's the parent's responsibility to correct for this. Number three, specifically the child prefers fruit over vegetables because of how sugary fruit is. Number four, for the child's own good, that parent needs to make sure they get their veggies. Number five, there is this, this reference to some fruit having a higher sugar content either than other fruit or than fruit in the past. And this higher sugar content makes it more appealing. So that was relatively low in the parallels, just five. But you can see that even, even so, um, some of them are quite specific, unusually so. I mean, the sugar content thing about the, you know, some fruit now having more than other fruits or fruit in the past. Uh, and you can see they, they tell a coherent story. Uh, and you can, you can just, just from your experience of life, you know that it would be weird for two events to fall together, you know, in a happenstance way that shared those five parallels. When I listen to this, um, I can suggest that perhaps uh, the context might um, make that conversation possible because the chimps eat. Um, and I could even go to um, potential uh, uh, telepathy or clairvoyance uh, or, or precognition as a way of picking up what might happen, what, what, might, what, the, what the keeper might be talking about. Uh, do you include ideas like this as possible um, uh, causal potential connections between the two events? Well, they certainly are potential. Um, personally, I don't think in those terms anymore, just because I've been through so many hundreds of these things. I get about 50 a year. Um, and and I've, let's, let's, we need to stop right there. I want to hear more sure, about the 50 sure. in a year. And, and we will be back after a short break with Robert Perry. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. 
For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. back to CC with BB, connecting with Coincidence with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, and our guest today is Robert Perry, and we are talking about CMPEs, Conjunctions of Meaningful Parallel Events. And Robert Perry has developed this category of coincidences out of his own experiences, out of his own observations, and it just impresses me with the idea that each of us has a particular place to stand in the world and that we see the world through our own lenses and some lenses are fairly specified for certain observations and Roberts is is specified for CMPEs in regard to coincidences while mine is is human GPS and Gary Schwartz is serial coincidences and you out there listening to this maybe you've got a particular one that you are most interested in but Robert has studied many of them and we left off with his discussion of how he no longer thinks about telepathy or even context as having something to do with creating the parallels between the two events. Right. And the reason for that, even though those are things that that in processing this phenomenon, one would have to consider. The reason I don't think that way anymore is because I've just been through so many of these. And and there is this common structure, um, which which I've come to to know, you know, very intimately. And that the basic structure is where, you know, this coincidence, the the conjunction of these two events First, it highlights a situation of relevance in your life, and then it it comments on it. You know, it says something about it through the structure of the CMPE, and therefore it looks like it looks designed to be some sort of communication. And I think what has over time convinced me that it is a communication really is is seeing that invariant structure and then also um, experiencing the quality of the messages you know the, the 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 messages or the interpretations as I call them that that come out of the events and the parallels end up being of a very high quality they can be very wise they can be very astute about what's going on in the situation they can be very predictive they just seem to be of a very high quality the messages and and since I know you fairly well and that you do the uh, course in coincidences, uh, my understanding is that you think these are messages created by God. Well, you know, I didn't think of them that way for years and years, but they started to emphasize that theme. Uh, and so, you know, I started to think of them that way. There isn't, there's no, there's no author that is visibly attached to these things. Um, I didn't really know where they were coming from, but I started to have a series of these CMPs that emphasize that in some sense um, they come from God. So that's more their angle, which I've adopted over time. Uh, I assume that even if they do come from God, there are probably all kinds of intermediaries involved. You know, I don't think of God directly doing these, you know, in that way. But you don't have to, you don't have to think in those terms uh, to get value 
out of the CMPEs. They, they just have value. If you work with them correctly, they do deliver helpful messages for you. And what role do CMPEs play in your life? Well, really, I mean, it probably sounds a bit weird, but they have a hugely influential role in my life. And, and you know, this includes my wife as well. We take them very seriously. Uh, and they, they come along and comment on all sorts of things. You know, we've had, we've had CMPEs about, you know, U.S. politics, about our children, about our own psyches, uh, we had one recently about uh, two get-togethers with friends that looked like they weren't going to happen. You know, so it runs from really trivial things and to very significant things, from from personal to collective. And our experience has taught us to just take them very seriously when they come. Uh, how wonderful it is that you and your that your wife shares this interest and involvement with CMPEs. Oh yeah, it's great, and it's great. It's it's also great because couples have to make decisions together, and so when one of these comes along, you know, and comments on something we have to decide about, it, it, it settles it for us. We can be together on that. Could you give us an example of one of those, please? Uh, well, um, I mean, there's a ton of examples. Oh, I, I could give you a great example, actually. Um, we were living in Arizona together. She's from England, but she'd come out to Arizona to live with me uh, in 2003. And then we had two children. And she started to feel like, you know, these kids would be better off not out in the desert in Arizona where there isn't much for kids, but they'd be better off in England where there's more for children, where there's extended family on her side. She felt they'd have a better life. The Arizona educational system is not the best. Um, it is better in England. And so she kept bringing this topic up. And, and, you know, we have a nonprofit organization there in Arizona based on A Course in Miracles, as, as you mentioned. And I just felt like, how can, how can we go? I mean, I'm the head of the organization. I, I can't just pack up and go to England. So she kept bringing this up. And I was, I was not happy with the conversation, although I did admit that the kids would be better off in England. And that was a turning point. And then we have CMPE and basically it said, you've got to have this discussion. This is important for you to process, important for you to seek clarity on. And I should have read the writing on the wall at that point. So then I kind of caved into having the discussion. And then a few months later, um, we had a really super clear CMPE saying, A, that we should move to England, pack up the whole family and move, uh, and that B, there would be people who came and took care of the organization. I, I would still work at a distance, but who, who, who were on site and took care of things that, excuse me, that had to be taken care of on site. And basically that settled it. And on the strength of that, we, we did move. We've been here for seven years now. Uh, how did the people show up that were going to be on site for you? They were, one of them was part of the CMPE. You know, she was like one of the events where she wrote and said, I feel like I'm supposed to move there from New York and, and live in the house and, and, and work in the office. Um, so that was one of the events. Well, that, 
she so she somehow got the idea uh, into intuitively i don't know how do you explain it I, but you're not interested in explanation that's what's that's what's interesting to me as we talk about this i'm very much tuned into how to explain these things but you are at a, a very pragmatic level where you're not so much concerned about how it happens but that it happens and that you want to pay attention to the message not necessarily to the messenger that's true, although what I find with these is you can't sort of help yourself in scratching your head and thinking, how'd that happen? Because sometimes the, you know, the, the similarity between the two events is just unbelievable. And you think, how was that arranged? And I don't know. Um, I'm not sure how I would know. But one thing I do notice, and this kind of comes up in your comments about, you know, she, she had some intuitive sense. One thing that happens is very often one of the events or both of the events will involve someone feeling kind of an internal press to do something like a, a compulsion or an impulse that doesn't go away until they do it. And then once they do it, it becomes one of the events of a CMPE. Oh, that's that's directly related to what I was talking about as one of the processes of coincidences. And these processes have to do with how they happen as well as descriptions of what they are. And when I use the in, intuition uh, leads the way, that's a process and uh, a con and, and a and a cause um, because intuition isn't really something we know how happens. So it really isn't a cause. It comes from someplace, but the, we are f pushed to do things by, as you just nicely described, by some internal pressure to act. And where that comes from becomes a very important source of helping to develop people's coincidence capacity, learning how to respond to intuitive drives. Because intuition is not something that it just happens and works every time. It isn't because sometimes our intuition is an impulse that tells us to do something we shouldn't be doing. Sometimes it's our own consciousness and desire to feel it's intuitive and want to respond to it, but it's us only fooling ourselves. And mm -hmm. sometimes it's the right message. And learning to discriminate between the good message and the bad message is what this woman seemed to do. But I'm guessing, in the way I think, that she was able to pick up the turmoil in your mind and in your wife's mind and the kind of sense that probably was in Sedona, Arizona, around your having to decide about whether to move to England or not. You couldn't hide that from a group that you're part of. And she could somehow pick it up and had a need in her life to do something different and as mark said find a need and fill it she found that need intuitively and made the contact and there she was that could be you know it is very hard to know where that press comes from yes uh, and there are some situations that that don't seem to be you know where the event isn't the result of someone taking action like that it does seem just truly random um, so i don't know if that can cover all of them all I know is that very often when I do something that ends up becoming one of the events in a CMPE, there's a certain kind of feeling associated with it. And, and I've, I've gotten, you know, relatively good at times, at least, of, of being able to say, you know, this feels like it's going to be event one of a CMPE. And very often that ends up being true. 
Oh, that is really cool. Um, is somehow you get a signal from a particular event that I better pay attention. There's a, another event similar to this one coming along. Yeah, kind of like that. It's more like this feels, it has a certain feel to it, so I'll, I'll bet another one is coming along. Yes. And how, how do you think, for two questions, how do you think you developed that capacity to sense that that first one suggests a second one? And are there others like your wife that can do the same thing? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I, I have a circle of friends who are involved, who, who use the phenomenon and have it happen to them. Um, you know, and different people have it happen more often or less often. So it's definitely not just me. And I think it's mostly just through experience that you just notice that there's just a certain feeling associated with, with CMPE events sometimes, not all the time. Well, I'm trying to help uh, people become more sensitive to coincidences. And here you're describing a capacity that you and others have developed through experience to not to not do what I tend to do, which is try to figure out what's happened as well as how to use it, but also uh, how to be able to pick it up as you're doing. And what's what's fascinating to me now, and I didn't really le understand this before, Robert, um, that you are so focused on the message and how to interpret it and not on the explanation of it. And I think that's a unique perspective because um, Gary Schwartz is just interested in the phenomenon and how it happens without trying to explain it or get a without without trying to get a message out of it and i'm trying to do both um and and you you have a wonderful perspective that we will come back to for our discussion after a short break This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365.
Welcome back to CC with BB. Our guest today is Robert Perry, who has a unique perspective on coincidences, as I am talking with him and learning about how he thinks. I've known these I've known about Robert's work for a long time but here it's clearer Robert is interested in the message not so much interested in the messenger how it get, gets to him although he's curious about that he has developed a sharp way of examining a particular subset of coincidences which he calls CMPEs conjunctions of meaningfully parallel events Robert please continue with how you think about them Sure, yeah. It's interesting you're focusing on uh, the fact that I emphasize the messages, and that's really true. I mean, I, I, I can't stop thinking about how they get arranged, what's the, what's the mechanics of these things, um, but I, I see them, because of their structure and because of my experience with them, as communications. And so with any communication, you want to know what you're being told. And, and so for me, that is the real gold here. When something passes all the tests, and it's definitely a CMPE, and most things don't pass those tests, uh, the, the quality of the information, as I said earlier, ends up being really quite remarkable. So that we've had, you know, one of the things that stands out is we've had really accurate predictions about things. They aren't usually predictive, but they are, you know, pretty, pretty often, and, and those predictions end up being quite good. Um, yeah, I, I'm still um, absorbing uh, the the very high, highly interesting perspective you take of elevating the message to the cause because so so many people go, how do you explain that or could that really be random or what's the probability of that? Looking at uh, as some way of uh, understanding how they happen, a cause or explanation, but you've elevated the explanation to a particular subset of coincidences that must fit a particular uh, set of criteria, which are, again, within 12 hours, two parallel events with lots of similarities between the two of them that end up having one of them be a commentary on the other. And that, that, that helps clarify something I've been trying to do, is the separation between the message and the, the cause, because I, I tend to put them both together and, and not separate them. Mm -hmm. So what would you like to see happen with the study of this particular phenomenon, Robert? Mm. Well, they have had such a, just a profound effect on my own life, and this includes my wife as well, our lives. Uh, they've been so helpful. We sometimes think what a world would be like that actually made use of these, and it would, it would be wonderful. So I want to see these get out there. Now, there's a lot of hurdles to that. Um, one of the biggest hurdles is that I just haven't had time to devote to them. You know, my day job is teaching A Course in Miracles. Uh, at some point, I'm going to circle back and give more time to these. That pilot study we did back in 2010, um, that was meant to be the beginning of something, you know, the beginning of more studies. because. Because this phenomenon being so um, concrete and, and definite, uh, it lends itself to systematic study. So I'd like to do more study like that. Um, I want to teach more people how to use this. I am teaching some people privately right now to do this. Um, I just feel like 
it's something that needs to get out there. Uh, and also one of the other hurdles, and this is just unfortunate, it's the nature of the phenomenon, is that it's, it takes a while to learn the model. It is a bit complex in the end in terms of actually using it, describing it's easy, but to actually use it and, and, and process um, examples of this, it does take time. And that's a bit of a barrier for people, I think. Well, I, I think uh, you know that uh, one of probably right now my main mission in life is uh, is developing uh, coincidence studies. Yes. Uh, to make coincidences more generally um, uh, a subject of uh, study and interest and discussion in the world, uh, and uh, with those who have the time and capacity to look at them, and I'm I'm seeing a place for CMPEs that I had not seen before uh, when I first was introduced to them because my own idea of coincidences was was still forming. Uh, mm -hmm. And what I've been developing is a taxonomy of coincidences, which includes some of the processes I've talked about, as well as explanations, and as well as how to use them. And what you're talking about uh, strings through what I just described. It's a particular kind of coincidence that can be analyzed in a, a particular kind of way that yields uh, fairly good, if not very good, outcomes, uh, as opposed to a lot of coincidences which can be trivial and can fool you and uh, not relevant but just kind of interesting or pretty or aesthetic. Yours are highly pragmatic. Yes. Yeah. And I'm I'm wondering uh, as I talk about this how how CMPEs and a course in 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 miracles fit together. Well, good question. Um, something I have to pay attention to as a student of the course in miracles. A course in miracles has among many points of focus, a major focus on making decisions based on seeking guidance from a higher source. Uh, of course, Miracles talks about that in terms of seeking guidance internally, quieting your mind, asking, listening for an answer. Uh, however, what one interesting thing is that in the story of how A Course in Miracles was written, and it was written by that process of a woman basically taking dictation from an inner voice, uh, but one of the experiences that she and her colleague, who was her collaborator in this, um, had in the very beginning, back in 1965, was a classic example of a CMPE and was acknowledged as, you know, implicitly acknowledged at least by the inner voice she heard as being some kind of guidance. And so I've always taken that, taken that as my sort of permission to see CMPEs as kosher in terms of A Course in Miracles. It's not, they aren't discussed in A Course in Miracles, but I at least can make this argument that, you know, there's no conflict there. <laughs> I like that it's kosher in A Course of Miracles. Uh, that's very nice. Um, uh, <laughs> well, the, the, the scribe was Jewish. Oh, the scribe was Jewish. Yeah, yeah. Huh. That makes it kosher, all right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the how come you can't take the fact that uh, a CMPE-like event helped the Course of Miracles begin and can't include it in your teaching of the Course of Miracles? 
Well, I, you know, I think the line there has gotten a bit fuzzy for me where I wouldn't have years ago. Um, but at this point, I'm planning on on teaching a number of people in our online community. My wife and I have a plan to teach people in our online community how to work with CMPEs. And, and they have, you know, they become familiar with the model. Some of them have worked with their own examples. And a bunch of them are, are eager to, to learn this. So I, I think I'm blurring that line as time goes on. Well, uh, looking at it from the outside, Robert, I want to encourage you to forget about a line. And uh, what you've just said is that uh, CMPEs uh, began the Course in Miracles, and a Course of Mir in Miracles is designed to help people find guidance from inside and from outside. And that's exactly what CMPEs help people do, uh, that I would see this as a, 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 an advance in uh, in the course of miracles that brings it even further into regular life in a systematic way that you as let me say a disciple of a course in miracles have developed as and I would I can't think but but believe that it's that what the CMPEs have in part developed out of your involvement with a course in miracles well I wouldn't say they developed out of it because they kind of preceded um, I had my first CMPE, in, in, to my knowledge, when I was 16, and I, I got them, of course, miracles when I was 21. So they kind of developed alongside each other, but but one started before the other. But I, you know, I think a lot of people that that uh, you know I know in the course would probably agree with what you just said. Um, and what's the impediment in your mind to, to being more um, active in incorporating CMPEs uh, worldwide? And and I want I want to say that my reason for for doing it, for suggesting this, is uh, is to help get coincidences out there, and this is a beautiful yeah. example of it. So uh, that's my that's my push. Uh, that's my that's where I'm coming from in suggesting that. Yeah, I I do want to get them out there, and they want to get out there. I've heard a number <laughs> of, of them say that. Yeah. Um, so at some point, it's going to happen. It's really a time thing right now. At some point, I will be circling back. And I, and I won't be alone in doing that. Are there other people who can teach CMPEs within A Course of Miracles? You know, uh, well, one of my colleagues who's a co-teacher in my organization is is a real crack CMPE interpreter. He could definitely <laughs> do it. Uh, my wife, who's also part of the organization, she could definitely do it. And there are maybe a few other people who are coming along who could as well, actually. I think that I think that's super. And if, if I can be part of... Uh, the intuitive push to suggest that Robert Perry um, continue to uh, develop CMPEs through the help of others and incorporate them more directly in A Course of Miracles. I hope I've been a little bit of a push in that direction because before, Robert, I didn't really get it. And now I hear it, and uh, it's been a it's a been a pleasure as we come to the end of this show, to be clear about what CMPEs are and how they can be utilized in daily life. So thank you, thank you very much, Robert, for being on the show with me today. Yeah, thank you.